for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Let's go to Psalms 34. We are still in our great series, David's Greatest Hits. And uh, how many of us um, were blessed by the word in Psalms 27 from last week? Amen. And today we're going to be looking at another one of David's pens or David's penmanship, lyricist, Psalms 34. Well, I, I want to title this, this, this message today, uh, Scared Straight, <laughs> Scared Straight, and, and, and we'll see exactly how this makes sense in just a moment. This may not appear like it has anything to do with Psalms 34, but I promise if you just stay with me, uh, we're going to shout in just a moment, amen? Amen. Psalms 34, getting used to some of this technology up here. I will bless the Lord at all times. Y'all missed y'all part to praise the Lord right there. I'm just, let's try that again. Let's rewind. Let's, let's rewind. Let's try that one. I will bless the Lord at all times. <laughs> and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What, what man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them from their trouble. Uh, many, I'm sorry, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such be of a contrite spirit. Watch this. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but, somebody say but, but the Lord delivereth them, him out of all of them. 
he keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of, the, of his servants, and none of them, somebody say none of them, that trust in him shall be desolate. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers and the hearers of his dear word. Uh, just like, as I said, I want to use for a title, Scared Straight, Scared Straight. And, and uh, has anybody ever, so good to see Sister Angela. She's back in town from, where do you live now, Angela? Where are you? Tennessee. I was going, okay, she's back home. This is home. She's just temporarily staying there for a little while. But this is Sister Camille's mom, for those of you who don't know. Sister Angela, God bless you. We thank God for you. So good to just see you. I mean, she just... I mean, you talk about, you know that verse where it says her face is radiant? She's just a radiant spirit. I mean, she comes in and it's like the sun is shining. Uh, but has anybody ever uh, been in a situation where you were doing something you know you had no business doing and some way, somehow, God got you out of that situation? But watch this. And you vowed never to go back to that situation Ever again. Anybody ever, anybody ever been there? I mean, like, you know you was tied up in some mess. And you said, God, if you deliver me out of this one, I ain't never going to do this no more. I am not ever going to appear here no more. Let me just share a little bit of a personal story. So uh, I was never much of a party goer when I was coming up, especially house parties. Something about house parties close quarters, a lot of people. It just, it just didn't feel good to me. Uh, it, just, it, just, it just didn't feel right, Sister Lena. I was, I was very uneasy in those type of situations. Um, uh, and because there was just something on the inside of me that, that just simply said, uh, you don't need to be there. And I listened to that voice. I wasn't, that, I wasn't that kind of person. Not to mention, I mean, I never smoked a day in my life. I never got drunk a day in my life. I never used drugs a day in my life. And I don't say that to, to boast or to brag or anything because God knows I deal and have dealt with my own share of vices. So please, don't, don't clap. But, but, but the party scene was never my thing. And the main reason why I didn't go to parties is because I don't know how I can put this plainly, um, but people shoot. People shoot. I'm talking about real guns. People shoot at parties. I don't know what it is. It's supposed to be a party means celebrate. And I don't know why people think at a celebration, let me pull out my pistol and shoot. So that was the reason why I, I just never got down with it. Because, but, but one day when I was in college, Sister Emma, I'll never forget this. Uh, my friends were going to Charlie Batch's homecoming party. Many of you all may know Charlie Batch, football player, came out of Eastern Michigan University, proud alumni, go Charlie, go Emu. Um, but they were going to Charlie Batch's homecoming party, and I was a sophomore at the time, and all my friends that they, they, they knew I didn't get down like that, uh, but they said, come on, D, just, just, just come with us, to, to, to just come to this one party with us. Now, you have to understand that most of the people that I hung out with in college, they were from Flint, Saginaw, and Pontiac. They were used to this way of life. I'm not saying anything about anybody who may be here from Flint, Saginaw, Pontiac, 
but they were a lot more accustomed to it. And, and, and me, I wasn't. I, I, was, I was a suburban kid. I was, you know, I was kind of sheltered from that, from that stuff. And so I really had, had no idea of, of, of all the ramifications that came with that. So, um, so anyway, I, I gave in. I gave in, and I went to the party. Everything was going good. Everything was fine. It was chill. I was drinking my lemonade. I was cool. Um, and then somebody, guess what happened? Y'all know what happened. Somebody started shooting at the party. And, I, and I'm like, oh, Lord, this is the reason why I don't come to stuff like this. Next thing I know, I was tackled. Yeah, luckily, I know my mom and daddy don't even know this story. My mom was like, what happened? <laughs> College is what happens, man. Uh, luckily, I, so I got tackled. Luckily, it was my friend Willie from Flint, and he tackled me and took me down to the ground. And he said, it's all right, Rev, I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you. The whole time I'm sitting there just thinking, like, this is the reason why I don't go to stuff like this. That incident scared me. Wasn't a whole lot of shots fired. It may have just, in my mind, it felt like 15, but it probably just one. <laughs> probably was just one, just one shot fired. That was all I needed. But that incident scared me straight. I mean, scared me straight. I, I, you know, they say the definition of being scared straight is, is some type of outside event that happens that, that, that changes the course of one's behavior. Now, now though that was not my practiced behavior, I didn't need to go to any more part. I made a vow to the Lord that night, Brother Ken, and I was not going to take it back. I never wanted another to go to another party since then, and I never did. I didn't, I, I didn't need a 12-step program. I didn't need to be weaned off the party scene. I, I was done, finished, checked off my bucket list, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, got blood stains on it from that incident. But look at somebody and say, scared straight, scared straight. Has anybody ever had a situation in their life that, that, that you've been scared straight? You, you didn't need nobody else to, 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 to kind of talk you through this thing. You had this one experience and you said, once is enough and I am done. Anybody in this place know what I'm talking about? Listen, I think David had that same type of got scared straight moment. You see, something happened just after 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses 10 through 15, that drove David to the mindset of Psalms 34. So let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 21. I need your help back in the back because we got this graphic on the back, and I don't, I don't know how to get it off with this. Rebecca, she'll take care of me. But something happened. So let's go to 1 Samuel 21, chap, uh, chapter, chapter 21, verses 10 through 15. So let me set this up for you. David is on the run for his life from King Saul. Okay? And he goes to Gath. Anybody remember what Gath is? That is the hometown of Goliath. The, the, the giant that David killed, 
All right, so, so let's look at, pick it up at verse 10. And David rose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, now in, now in, in your heading over in Psalms 34, it probably says something about Abimelech. Now, Abimelech is not a name of a person. It is the name of a title. Achish was the person in the Abimelech uh, 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 position or stance. So I want to just piece this all together for us, okay? So uh, um, verse 10, And David rose and fled that day from Saul to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him in dances? Saul has struck down his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Verse 12, and David took these words to heart and was much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he, watch this, out of fear, watch this what happened in verse 13. He changed his behavior before them and pretended madness in their heads. In their hands. He scratched the doors of the gates. And he began to let saliva run down his beard. Then Achish said to his servants, Behold, you see the man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? Do I lack madmen that you have brought this fellow to behave as a madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? Now you have to continue reading just to the very first verse of chapter 22. Chapter 22 says, And David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So David departed. In other words, Abimelech told him, Get, out, get this man out of here. He escaped from there. And he departed to the cave of, uh, to the cave of Adullam. I think something happened when David escaped and finally made it to the cave of Adullam. I, I think this was the place of solidarity that it all just really hits David. What has just happened and what was just done what he had just said, how he had just acted, all out of fear. He, he, I mean, let's look at what David did. David lied to the priest. If you go back in chapter 21, earlier in, or earlier, earlier in the chapter, he lied to the priest and told the priest that he was there on official business from King Saul. That was a lie. He was running from for his life from Saul because Saul wanted to kill him. He lied on King Saul. Now get this. You all know the thing about you read what you saw. David was next in line to be king. And here he is lying on the king. And later as you continue to study the life of David, there were people who ended up lying on David. <laughs> Watch the seeds that you sow. And then he lied to Abimelech. Watch this all because of fear. And it was like a ton of bricks hit David at that time. He had a moment 
to glorify God before men, and rather than receive and rather and rather than reverencing God, he feared man more than he feared God. So while Psalm 34 is indeed this psalm of thanksgiving and praise unto God, I think we need to look back at Psalms 34 because I also think it's a confession of guilt for fearing man more than fearing God. So the question that I have for you this morning before we go deeper into this text is what have been the times in your life where you have feared man more than God? Well, let me say it this way. What have been some situations that you're facing now, that you faced or even facing right now where you are fearing man more than God or maybe it's it's you're fearing and holding to what man has said rather than what God has said. Let's start with this first one. First thing that we want to discuss as we kind of dive into this, and if you have those sheets, you got those sheets in, in the bulletin there, right? You have got their hand out? Just, just so you can kind of be tracking along. Number one is we praise God for his providence. We praise God for his providence. He jumps out the gate, Psalms 34 and 1, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Now how David starts this psalm is significant, because watch this, because it is the response to his failure to trust God in the Abimelech situation. How many people have learned, sometimes you learn more from your failures than you do your successes? You learn from what you, from how you've blown it so that you know not to do it again. This was in David's situation right here. He says, I just had to see, I just came out of a situation where I did not lift up and glorify the name of the Lord. And then he gets to this place, this cave, the, the cave of Adullam, and he says, never will I let that happen again. I will bless the Lord at all times. This is his, I will never go to another party again moment. <laughs> this is that moment for David. He says, come out of what I just came out of. I'm never going to let that happen again. I will, I will bless the Lord at all times. He quickly counted up the many times that God had delivered him and concluded that times he could, that the times that he came through for me far outweigh the times when he hasn't. So I will bless him at all times. Not only will I, not only was David saying I will bless him at all times, but I'm going to make sure that every day I'm going to make a conscious effort to affirm God's character and his activity in my life. This is that his praise shall continually be in my mouth. How do you do that, Pastor? Let me just share with you how, how to do it. When you wake up, God, I thank you for waking me up. The clothes that you put on, God, I thank you for the clothes that I have to put on today. When you eat your food, God, I thank you for the food that I have to eat. 
I thank you for the car that I get in to drive. I thank you for the job that I go to. I thank you for the house that I come home to. I thank you for the family that I love and that they love me. Whatever it is, let me just tell you something. No matter where you find yourself, you have to always have a made-up mind that I will thank God and I will give him praise. Can I get somebody to give God some praise in here? Everything that I have, God gave it to me. Everything that I do, God allows me to do it. As a matter of fact, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I don't know if I'd even be here today. David then goes on to say, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. I feel like preaching today. You see, it's, it's, it, it's easy to take the credit for yourself. It's easy to take the credit for yourself. But I got a question here for you, Revival. Uh, can you give a testimony without inserting yourself in it? Can you give a testimony without saying, well, let me tell you how God brought me through. I made sure that I cleansed myself. I made sure that I went down on my knees and prayed three times a day. I made sure that I read my, I made this, I did this, I, 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 And you got so much eyes in your testimony. By the time you get to look what the Lord has done, nobody even knows what it is that he's done because you've inserted yourself so much into your testimony. Let me tell you something. God is a jealous God and his glory he will not share with another. I'm convinced that a lot of times we, we shortchange ourselves out of the miracles and the blessing of God because we're so involved in the process. God wants to make sure that when he brings you out, can't nobody take the credit for what God can do. Can't be about what you've accomplished. It must stay and maintain all about him. Look at somebody saying it's all about him. See, when you make it about yourself, or when you make it about you, you attract haters. But when you make it about him, you attract praisers. See, this is the reason why he says, and they will hear of it and be glad. This is why we need uh, to be a church that expresses pure joy whenever God blesses somebody. I mean, it was a beautiful thing to come down here and look down here at the altar, and we had five cancer survivors. And some of us just went, oh, that's wonderful. Let me just tell you something. See, it don't get real until it hits your house real. It don't get real, it don't, it don't become real powerful until it comes to your house. But the Bible says that we need to rejoice with them that rejoice. You need to make sure that every time you get a chance, I'm blessing God. If I hear, if I hear Brother Eric is getting blessed, I want to shout. I want to praise. I want to give God glory just as much for him as it would be if it happened to me. Why? Because I know that my God is no respecter of persons and what he did for him. I know that he can do for me. Then he says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. See, there's a reason why there is an invitation for others to join with us in praise. Because if you are going to make a decision 
to do something at all times. And if you're going to make a decision to do something continually, then you better have some help. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying today. You better have some help. If, you, if, if David is saying, I'm going to bless him at all times, his praise shall continue to be in my mouth, then I'm going to need some help. Magnify the Lord with me, and let's exalt his name together. See, I can praise God all by myself, but it's better when we can do it together. I wish I had somebody that knew what I was talking about in this place. Then look at what it says when you continue to read down. He says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me. I mean, come on, it's right there in the Bible. If y'all would just read the Bible, it's right there. He says, I sought him, and he heard me. <laughs> I can get excited just about that three, those three words, he heard me. See, we live in a world where people are listening to us, but they're not hearing us. Some of us live in homes where people listen to us. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. I'll talk to these people over here. Where they're listening to us, but they're not hearing us. So it's a wonderful thing when God, when, 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 when we can seek after God and he hears us. Bible says, and this is the confidence <laughs> that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, that he hears us. God is attentive to the cry of his children. Psalms 40 and 1 says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. We talked about it last week. That word or that phrase, inclined unto me, literally means he gets down from his throne and stoops down to give us the help that we need. Can I just tell you something? God is stooping down off his throne and coming down to reach out to you because he knows that you are in need. And whatever it is that you are in need of, God is not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's going to make sure that you get whatever it is that you need from him. Somebody shout amen in this place. God is praised, watch this, for the deliverance that he provides in response to the prayers of his people. Look at somebody and say, never stop praying. Never stop praying. Remember so many times listening to my grandmother, most of you all who you all have heard her testimony when she was here ministering on several occasions, how she never stopped giving up, never stopped praying, never stopped uh, seeking God, never stopped putting her petition before the Lord. When she had many, all three of her sons got involved in drugs and riotous living, but she never stopped praying. Let me tell you something, it don't matter how bad it gets, never stop praying. It doesn't matter how worse off it seems, never stop believing that God would do just what he promised he would do. 
That's why, that's why I stand in expectation with my sister DeVita because I want to see miracles today. I've heard about it from times before, but I believe that we serve a God who is not just the God of yesterday, but he's the same yesterday as he is today, and he will be the same forevermore. My God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches that are in glory, which are in Christ Jesus, and we have access. So when we cry out to him, let me tell you something. He hears you. He hears you. He hears you even in your frustration. And let me tell you something. He doesn't count your frustration against you. I'm going to talk to this side because this side, y'all acting like, I ain't never talked to God out of frustration. Oh, Really? Come on, if we just be honest a little bit. We've cried out to God in frustration. God, God, why? God, how long? I've served you all these years. God, why is this happening to me? So good to know that even in our frustration, God doesn't count that against us. <laughs> I like how the hymnal says, he looks beyond our faults. And he sees exactly what it is that we need. And he brings what we need and doesn't hold our faults against us. Why? Because he's attentive to the cry of his children. The other day, Reagan, we heard a, a thump. And then we heard the cry. <laughs> and there was no, you know, asking each other, well, has she been good all day? Has she been eating, eating all her food? There's no conferring when you cry out. God hears you. And he doesn't start going down a checklist. Well, has she been this? Has he been that? He doesn't do that. He comes to see about his children. I love this part. They looked to him and were radiant. <laughs> they looked to him and they were radiant. David shows us that when we draw close to him, we become transformed. When we draw close to the Lord, he changes us. See if I can make this make sense. Y'all remember back in Exodus, Moses, he was up on Mount Sinai and he, he was getting those, those tablets. <laughs> he was with the Father and God was telling him, downloading to him 
heaven sent information. He was putting it on the hard drive. And when Moses came down off the mountain, the Bible says that his face was shining. His, let me put it in today's vernacular. He was lit. Because he had been, see, see, uh, see, a real lit is when you've been in the presence of the Lord. I'm talking about a real, a real transformation where everything about you begins to glow is when you've been in the presence of God. Says there in Exodus 34 and 29, and it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two uh, tables uh, of the testimony in Moses' hand, uh, when he came down from that mount, that Moses wist not the, the skin of, of his face shone while he spoke to them. It's later even picked up in, 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 in the book of Corinthians, they're on the third chapter and the 18th verse. The Bible says, and I love this, I love this verse. Let me just go there real quick. I love this verse. God showed this to me even when I was in college. Oh, this is so powerful. Paul picks this up. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. He says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. When you begin to press into God and press into his word, let me just tell you something. Some things begin to change, namely you. See, a whole lot of times we begin to, to pray and ask God, God, change that person or change the situation. But let me tell you something. When you're really sincere, when you really have a heart that's open for God and really want to see all that God, all the best that God has for you, you're open to the fact that sometimes it's not the thing or it's not other people that need the changing. It's you that needs the changing. And if you really want to be what God wants you to be, you say, God, however you want to bless me, however you need to change me, however you need to use me, God, I know I want to leave this, but God, I want to beseech you and I want to look to you and how whatever needs to happen in me, God, let it happen in me. Then, 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 then this is the crazy part. Look, look back at this. He says in verse 7 that the angel of the Lord <laughs> encamps all around those that fear him. You see, here David was fearing for his life, running for his life, lied to the priests, Lied on the king and then lied to a king all because he was scared. But now he realizes here in verse 7 that the angel of the Lord will encamp around all those that fear him. See, when you really stand in the presence of God and you stand on behalf of God and you begin to declare and decree what thus saith the Lord, you don't have anything to be afraid of because the angels of the Lord will be encamped around you. I'm reminded of the times when I was a young boy and I, it was time for me to transition from my training wheels to just having a two-wheeler. 
My daddy would begin transitioning us. And he took the training wheels off. And we began riding. But he would have his right hand on the back of the seat. Making sure that we were guided enough. So that if anything were to happen, he was there to catch us. So he's right there with his right hand on the seat, making sure that I knew that my father was with me. So he's now, every, and now, and now he's giving us the encouragement. He begins telling us, he says, hey, just keep pedaling. And keep your head straight on the road. Sometimes that was hard for me because I sometimes wanted to just look back and just make sure that my father was still. And so as long as I knew that he was with me and that his hand was on me, I could keep on going. But the moment I felt like, hey, he's not there no more. I begin to worry and panic, but as long as he was there, as long as he stayed with me, as long as he kept his hand on me, I knew I was going to be all right. Let me tell you something. You have a father in heaven that will always keep his hand on you, that will always hover over you, that will always be encamped around you, that no matter what danger, no matter what evil, no matter what harm may come your way, as long as you know the father is with you, as long as you know the father's hand is on you, you can keep on your, keep your head straight and keep pedaling your bicycle because you're going to move forward in him and go from glory to glory. Somebody give God some praise. The angel of the Lord encamps all around you. That phrasing encamps literally means to hover over. God is hovering over you. He has everything in his sight. But watch this. He also has everything in his control. You don't have to worry when the Father is hovering over your situation. Because he has all power. And he's going to make sure that nothing happens to his children. Anybody here glad that the father continues? Here's the next point. Not only is there a praise for God's provision, but there's also an invitation to God's provision. Look at somebody and say, this is too good to keep by myself. You have a responsibility to invite others to experience the good life. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. He, he says something very specific in the scripture. Look back down at verse 8 of the same 34th chapter. He says, Oh, <laughs> taste and see. 
Now, I know that in a few days, people are going to be tasting a whole lot of things. Some of y'all have even gotten a jump start. Already, Brother Jefferson. It's Sunday, but they didn't have stuff on Saturday, and it's next Thursday. What you hurrying for? Some of you are going to wait up until the moment just to try to, because you want to taste it. <laughs> and we've had fun this week on social media. Boy, I tell you, Shirley Caesar could not be more famous than she is right now. Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, you know, all this other stuff. But he says, see, and you really have to understand the gist of what he's saying. See, Israel had one task. <laughs> they had one job. <laughs> they had one job, and this, this task was to attract the nations to their God. See, for their faithfulness to God, God then promised to bless them abundantly. And when the nation saw this blessing, they would see that the living God was with them. See, in other words, what he was doing was he wanted to show that in the midst of a world, I mean, in the midst of a world of gods, you know, God of the sun, God of the moon, God of the stars, God of fertility, God of this, God of that, all these different things. In the midst of a world of gods who were not good at all, there was one God who was altogether good. God, in other words, he wants to echo what David began to declare in Psalms 105, for the Lord is good, and his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to what? All generations. There is something about the goodness of God. Ah, oh, can I just preach for a moment? Ah, uh, the psalm, this psalm, this psalm, this particular psalm, Psalms 34, it was uh, 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 penned in a very unique kind of a way. Uh, and some of the commentaries begin to, de to depict and say that this particular psalm was unique in the fact that every line began with a different alphabet of the Hebrew alphabet. I don't know much about Hebrew, and I really don't know too much about English, but I do know the alphabet. And so I just want to share with you some of my ABCs about God. Can I just share with you our ABCs about God? Because some of us may be finding a little bit of a hard thing to figure out. God, in this world, everything is going wrong. Things are not going right. I, we didn't lost the election. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. I don't know what's going to happen. Can I just tell you something? You have a lot to be thankful for. You have a lot to give God praise for. You have a lot to give God glory for. So let me help you. Let 
help me help remind you just from the ABCs how much we have to give God praise for. A is because he's almighty. B is because he's the bright and morning star. C is because he's the creator of heaven and earth. D is because he's the great deliverer. E is because he's the everlasting father. Uh, F is because he's the father of all creation. G is because he's the good shepherd. H is because he's the helper in the time of need. I is because he is the great I am. J is because he's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. K is because he's the king of kings. L is because he's the Lord of lords. M is because he's a mighty God. And N is because there is none else like him in all the earth. O is because he, he's omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. He's the Alpha and the Omega. P is because he's the Prince of Peace. Q is because he is quick for those that trust in him. R is because he's the righteous. S is because he's my savior, sovereign king, and he is Lord of the Sabbath. T is because he is the true word and the true God. U is because he is understanding. V is because he's the victorious victor. W is because he's altogether wonderful. X is because he reminds us of the cross. Y is because he is Yahweh, the sufficient one, the self-existent God. And Z is because he's a zealot God, the God of Zion. I need somebody just because you need to be reminded of just how good God is. Come on and stand to your feet. I'm done. Come on and give God some praise. Come on and give God some glory. Let me just give you what that last point was just so you can have it. As the worship team comes, we need to understand that not only do we praise him for his provision, and not only is there an invitation to God's provision, but I think we also need to understand the object of God's provision. I can sum this up in just one word. The object of God's provision is you. 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 When you skip down into verse, these verses 15 through 22, he begins talking about some very interesting things. But I like verse 19 because verse 19 begins to say, many are the afflictions of the righteous. And a lot of times I think that when we, especially if you've been in church any length of time, you hear that. And even if you haven't been in church any length of time, you hear that and you say, well, this, is, this really isn't an inviting thing that I want to be a part of. I mean, if I'm righteous, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to face many afflictions. But I think you got to really understand something about yes, many are the afflictions of the righteous, 
But that doesn't mean that the unrighteous don't face afflictions. Both the righteous and the unrighteous will face many afflictions. The difference is the outcome of the affliction. Let me read this to you as you stand and we're getting ready to go. The eyes of the Lord, this is verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. Verse 16 though, the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Verse 17, he drives the point home even more. He says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a, have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. That's the difference. The wicked are going to have many afflictions and the righteous are going to have many afflictions. But can I tell you something? The difference is the outcome. When you are with him and he's with you, he's going to deliver you out of them all. Because we're the object of his affection. He, de he delivers us. His eyes are upon us. He is near to us. He redeems us. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor Devin, I, I'm not sure if I'm, if, if I'm the object of his affection. I'm, I'm not walking in relationship with the Father. Let me tell you something. Then you're in the right place at the right time. Because God cares so much about you that you may have just thought you were coming to church the Sunday before Thanksgiving. But let me just tell you something. That was a setup. God wanted to get you in this place so that you could hear that you're the object of his affection. And though you may have been going through many afflictions, you don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. But when you join up with God, you not only see the light at the end of the tunnel, you see the light of the world. And his name is Jesus, the son of the living God, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. If you're in this place today and you say, I don't know the Lord and the pardon of my sins, let me just say it, make it very, very plain for you. You were born once and you get born again once. God has a provision of salvation that he makes plain to everyone who just would believe on his son, confess with their mouth that he's Lord, and believe that God raised him from the dead. The Bible says, the day that you hear my, the day that you call upon the name of the Lord, thou shall be saved. If you're in this place today and you say, I want to be saved, I want a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not about religion. It's not about some type of formality. It's about a real relationship with a real living Savior. If you're here today and you say, I want that. I want the relationship. I want Jesus to come into my heart. Just simply lift your hand right where you stand. Amen. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, brother. I want you to come down here, man. Today is your day. Come on, come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Is there anybody else? Come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Is there anybody else? You here too? Amen. Come on and give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Is there another prayer? Is there another one? Is there anyone else? You say, I want to be a part of the family of God. I want to be in relationship with Jesus. I want to know that he is real in my life. I know I may go through some troubled waters, but let me just tell you something. The outcome is what's the difference. God is going to be with you. God is going to sustain you. And if you're here today and you said, Pastor Devin, I want to become a part of this church. I want to make this my church home. If you're here, just simply raise your hand. We want to receive you into the family of God and become a part of this great body of believers. Amen. And they want, she wants to be a part of the church as well. Amen. Amen. Come on and give God some praise. I'm going to ask Mark and Sherry, Brian, if they would come and assist me here at the altar with this beautiful couple. Let me just say this. Today. Somebody say today. You hear that? Today is the best day of your life. It's the best day of your life. And here's the reason why. Oftentimes say this, is that there are two important days in your life. The day that you were born and the day that you figure out why you were born. You were born to live for God. You were born to serve him all the days of your life. Everything that God has given you, everything that he has promised you, everything that he has destined in your heart has been placed there by him. He's the creator of all, uh, of all of us. So he made us and he knows exactly how to get us from where we are to where he wants us to be. And that's what we want to see for your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, thank you. Thank you, O oh God, for your dear son dying on the cross for our sins and becoming our right to the tree of life. Because of Jesus, we are now adopted into the royal family. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, come on, just repeat with me. Say, Father, I thank you for giving me another chance to get it right. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and that he rose again with all power in his hands. I confess that he is Lord of my life. I confess that I'm a sinner. I've messed up, but today I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And just like that, you're saved. Just like that, you're born again. Just like that, all things have become new. Come on and give God some praise in this house. Come on and give God some glory. Come on, I need some brothers and sisters that's excited about some new family members to get down here, bum rush them and give them some love. Come on, come on, throw your arms around them. Come, throw your arms around them. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.